Welcome to the Hospital Finance Podcast, your go-to source for information and insights that can help you stay ahead of the challenges impacting healthcare finance. And now, the host of the Hospital Finance Podcast, Michael Passanate. Hi, this is Mike Passanate, and welcome back to the 200th episode of the Hospital Finance Podcast. Joining me on today's special episode is John Bessler, our president and CEO. John, welcome back to the show. Mike, thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate being here. John, 200 episodes. It's been a great ride. I'm really looking forward to our discussion today. Absolutely. It really has been a great run for us. You know, when, when we started this uh, just a handful of years ago, um, who would have thought in uh, in late 2019 we we would have a, a 200th episode with, to your point, uh, listenership that continues to grow, continues to participate in the community um, each and every week with us. You'd mentioned the number of guests, over 150 guests over over the course of these 200 episodes. Uh, some folks have, have come back to participate and share with the community everything that, that they know and they learn. Um, and, and it's really been a great run. And so I, I do want to reach out and say thank you. Thank you very much to all of our guests who have participated, whether uh, whether it was a, a, a one-time or you continue to come back and, and, again, share that information with our community. And thank you to the listenership as well. Uh, discussed how, how each and every month it continues to grow. Um, and, and I think the folks that, that really tune in and participate get a lot out of it. And I think uh, with the growth of that that listenership, it, it continues to, uh, to be a very positive thing for our industry. Couldn't do it without them. John, uh, over the years, we've talked about lots of different topics related to reimbursement, uh, particularly Worksheet S10. What do you think is going on there and what's going to be happening in the future? Well, I think if you looked at and asked any one of our, our uh, listeners or anyone in the hospital community, you know, where is reimbursement heading in general, whether it's uh, commercial reimbursement or, or government reimbursement, I think the very quick answer would be is that, it, that it's heading down, it's heading south. Uh, you know, part of the ACA, uh, some of the ACA goals were, con- were to look at quality and cost, and how do we increase quality and reduce cost, and I think the Schedule S-10 is a prime example of that. You know, the government likes, to, well, I shouldn't say they, they like to operate on a budget because sometimes, sometimes we see that they don't, but in general, they really like to look at things in a very fixed way, right? So if we allocate a certain pool of dollars, uh, and specifically in reimbursement, you know, started with wage index, there's a certain pool of dollars for wage index, and when you look at DISH and the history of DISH, it's really an unlimited pool. And I think from a government, from a governmental perspective, is is sort of untenable when you when you look at it from uh, from a, a budgetary and a future looking uh, standpoint. And so with the Schedule S10, I think they looked at that as an idea on how do we take that same concept of a fixed pool of dollars and figure out where does where to send that money across uh, across the country into the providers that need it. But I think where we're heading with it, I don't think it's going anywhere. I think, if anything, the government has really firmed up um, the the opportunities to uh, to issue more, uh, more guidance around it. Um, I think we've learned a lot from the audits over the past couple years, but I think we're going to see a lot more of it and continue to see a lot more of it. Um, and, and candidly, I think the government is going to look to that schedule for um, other funding pools as well, potentially. Uh, you know, we talk a lot about IME and GME reimbursement, um, you know, and that's an area that, that continues to, uh, uh, to be a benefit to many institutions, but also from a governmental perspective, uh, you know, fairly, fairly 
morally untenable. I think that they need that they need to know that providers continue to need these dollars uh, to come into their institutions to be able to make some of these changes, um, uh, whether it's changing a schedule on the cost report, like like adding the S10 or or starting to audit and. Uh, and really take that schedule seriously, all the way through, uh, you know, the basic blocking and tackling of just getting your, uh, your your claims out the door in the right way, and then accounting for them on the back end. Well, that sounds about right, John. Uh, let me shift gears a little bit. You know, we've talked a lot about healthcare policy, uh, both at the federal and the state level on the show, and we are heading, of course, into another presidential election cycle. Healthcare is clearly on the minds of voters. Um, what do you see coming next? From a policy standpoint, I think the government is going to continue to look at cost and quality as key drivers. Uh, from a consumerism standpoint, from a patient experience standpoint, you know, our, our population needs to know, our citizen needs to, needs to know whether or not they will be able to access the appropriate level of care at, the, the, frankly, some of their most trying times that they'll ever have in their life, whether it's it's the beginning of life and, um, and women and infant care all the way through uh, you know, death and hospice and, and everything else that goes along with with our uh, with our healthcare spectrum. And so, so from a policy standpoint, um, the lawmakers really need to to take a hard look at it and make sure that we get it right. You know, when we compare ourselves, and I know that there's been a number of, of podcasts around uh, policy and, and some of the history of, of how we got to where we are, um, which is I think a really interesting history lesson as to some of these challenges that we that we're facing. Um, but we really need to be very future thinking as well. Um, it's it's great that we can rely and look at history and say, okay, we got it right this time, or these are the things that, that we do and, and why we do it. But I really think if we peel back the onion and say, okay, this is where we are, but this is really where we need to go. This is how we need to take care of our citizens in a very proactive way. And so we're not continually faced with this rising cost concept and how do we solve for the rising costs and you know frankly I think whether it's a a tax issue or you know a, a revenue issue that we're trying to you know to solve for I really do think that it comes down to the patient care the patient experience and how to continue to drive quality right I mean what we don't want to see I think as a society is to look at you know healthcare consumerism right it's very easy for for people nowadays to move across borders right and so I know that we've talked about um, uh, you know, healthcare uh, travel, right? We, we used to import a lot of that. I think it would be very interesting to take a look at the folks that are here in the States that are starting to look in other countries that might have lower cost and higher quality because of, you know, a, a cheap plane ticket to whether it's uh, Europe or, or, or Asia or, or even just crossing the border up to Canada. Um, I think we really as a community need to start looking at, are we continuing to provide the best care and, and how do we care for those patients at the best uh, you know, quality and, and the best cost? John, let's talk about the revenue cycle. Um, we conducted a study late last year that looked at the mid-revenue cycle, and it seems as though the revenue cycle professionals and HIM professionals that participated in that study uh, felt as though there was still room for improvement. So my question is, with all the processes and technology in place at hospitals, why do we still talk about things like DRG optimization? Sure, I, th I think that's an excellent, uh, an excellent uh, topic to discuss because I think just overall philosophically, and one of the core values at, at Bessler is excellence, and so excellence doesn't, you know, it, it's not a destination; it's a journey. So, from a process improvement standpoint, we're always 
looking at, and we always should be looking at, it's good now, but how do we make it great? And if it's great now, how do we move it closer to to excellence? And so, you know, the mid-revenue cycle, I think, uh, has its challenges historically and, and probably continue to have them. I mean, I think we've experienced a lot of, you know, system conversion type issues and, and folks out there looking for the perfect system to help uh, from an IT standpoint, all the way from patient registration to uh, on the back end billing and denials and everything else. But really, there's a lot of, of human element that goes into that as well, right? And so a system is only as good as, as some of the folks that continue to use it and continue to also make it better. And I do think that there's an opportunity to continue to look at it. Um, and, and it's not to say that, that from a human element standpoint, we all go in with the best of intentions with the ideas and everything that's, that's in our head. But there are interpretive areas um, that, again, people are making with the best of intentions. But at some point, you got to make judgment calls on some of these things. Um, you know, so I really like to think about it like, like this. I mean, I think the mid-revenue, mid-revenue cycle in healthcare um, is, is very challenging. There's a lot of, of, of areas and a lot of handoffs that happen within that space. Um, and, you know, a friend of mine asked me, he said, you know, why, why is this so complicated? You know, why can't I walk into a hospital or walk into a, a physician office or, or get my care wherever I'm going to get it and understand exactly what I'm going to get? Um, and what exactly I'm going to pay for it. You know, oftentimes, you know, I'm, I'm paying a couple dollars up front with a, uh, with a copay or a deductible or whatever it is, and then, surprise, on the back end, I, I, I owe a couple more thousand dollars. What happened, right? And so, so for the average consumer, I think it's very challenging um, to understand what happens uh, in, in that, you know, middle area. And so, uh, so I gave him this analogy, and I said, "Well, you know, he's he's not a coffee drinker, so maybe he didn't appreciate it." But, uh, but I said, "You know, if you walk into Starbucks and you walk in, you're going to order your you know your four dollar latte, and you're going to ask for a particular kind of skim milk or almond milk or whatever it is that that you want to add to it, uh, a particular kind of bean that you want to add to it, and so on and so forth. And you're you're going to pay your four dollars, and you're going to drink your coffee, and and you know, odds are it's going to be very consistent with the coffee that you got at Starbucks." Uh, uh, last week. And no one's coming along, you certainly aren't, and, and no one's coming along and auditing that particular cup of coffee each and every time. But I bet if you did, or I bet if someone did, they would come in and see, well, they didn't add 0.5 ounces of almond milk in that particular cup. And the Arabica beans were not ground a, a particular kind of way. And so there's, so the standardization that we get and the allowance for differential that we, that we might get in a cup of coffee is very different than what we allow for from a healthcare perspective, because we're not talking about a $4 cup of coffee. We're talking about a $40,000 claim that we would have uh, on an inpatient perspective. And, and that, that's even on the low end of, of some of the things that, that happen within a hospital. Well said, John. My final question for you, um, what would you like to see us cover on the podcast going forward? Well, I think there's a lot of interesting topics that, um, that we certainly will cover in, in 2020 and beyond. And I hear a lot from, from our listenership as I'm out at uh, speaking with clients and, and going out to different industry events and things like that. And, and, you know, topics like price transparency continue to come up. It's a hot topic. It's been a hot topic for a little while. Um, but now that the wheels are starting to move in that motion, I think we're going to see a lot more 
uh, within that space. And I'm looking forward to to hearing uh, from from the listenership and and guests uh, to talk about that particular topic. You mentioned policy. You know, policy is not one of those things that that happens and then it goes away and then you never see it again. Whether it's a new administration that comes in, a new idea that comes in, a new research paper that's produced, um, there and as we should, we should be talking about again how do we move from good to great and great to even greater and greater to towards excellence. So, so from a policy standpoint, I think we're going to see uh, you know a lot of discussion and a lot of of changes in that particular area. Obviously, we're going into an election year in. 2020. And so whether it's the current administration uh, that gets another four years or a new administration that comes in, policy will continue to be a hot topic. Uh, When this administration came in, they talked about pulling uh, the ACA completely out and wasn't necessarily something that this administration was able to accomplish as of yet. We'll see what happens in the next four years if uh, if that's the direction that we end up going. And so, so that kind of conversation will continue to evolve because even though the ACA uh, isn't here in the same way that it was before, there are some key tenets of it that are still here. And so, so I think there's going to be a lot of active dialogue um, around what we're doing uh, and what direction that we're going from a, from a uh, from the country's perspective, you know there there are some hot topics that uh, that we and buzzwords that we continue to hear like blockchain and healthcare, right? And so there's you know some some new sexy terms that are out there: consumerism, population health. I think that that again, as it relates to policy, these are all things that that our society is going to continue to move towards, right? We've got. Uh, nearly the world at our fingertips with a smartphone. And so, so as healthcare continues to evolve um, and patient access and patient engagement and things like that continue to move into this new uh, and maybe not so new, very digital world that we live in, some of those topics around, well, how do we care for our patients now uh, because the the brick and mortar isn't the only way that we can engage with them anymore. And so the consumers and population health, I, th- I think, is going to be uh, very interesting as we move into 2020 and beyond. Well, I'm taking notes, John. Um, It's going to be an exciting next 200 episodes, and uh, I'm really looking forward to it. Absolutely. Me too. And Mike, thank you very much for for all the great work that you do to host the podcast on a weekly basis. It's uh, it's great. And I'll, I'll say thank you on behalf of our listeners as well. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. This concludes today's episode of the Hospital Finance Podcast. For show notes and additional resources to help you protect and enhance revenue at your hospital, visit Bessler.com forward slash podcasts. The Hospital Finance Podcast is a production of Bessler. Smart about revenue, tenacious about results.